It's the next level. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. Pleasure, to me, is wonder. The unexplored, the unexpected, the thing that is hidden and the changeless thing that lurks behind superficial mutability. H.P. Lovecraft, he was once quoted saying that. And I, I kind of relate to it because this is why I do this show. You know, to explore, to wonder why some of these films have even come to be. Why we love them or why we hate them. Okay, I know. I'm giving myself way too much credit here. But, you know, thanks to the internet, that's possible. You know, I, I can make that feat become possible for your listening pleasure. Or pain. <laughs> Depending on which side of the line you're on. Because... Coming to you from the land of the prehistoric, not prehistoric, prehistoric world of cinematic religious vigilantism. And from the Next Level Network of Podcasts, a Studio Zero production of What What Lurks Behind Behind Podcast Podcast Zero. Zero. And I'm your host, Postmortem Paul. Some weeks it's bullshitter Paul, but hey, it is what it is. And you know what's really cool? Is that officially this show this past week turned two years old? That was the two year anniversary of the show, which is kind of cool. Um, because I, my last podcast, Bats, Bows, and Books podcast, didn't even go two years, it was about uh, what a year and nine months or something like that before I called it quits on that. So, this is officially my longest running show so far. It's kind of cool. And, you know, it's kind of cool when you think about it, like how the show has changed. I mean, as much as, don't get me wrong, Gremlins is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I appreciate that first episode for what it is, because, I mean, it's what kicked this all off. But when I look back on it, it's kind of like, wow, like, <laughs> that was not what I had intended for this show, you know? But, I mean, it's it had to start somewhere. And it was cool having my sister as, like, a guest host, you know what I mean? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that first episode for what it is. And Gremlins was a great movie to kick this podcast off with. But when I think about it, two years ago, we did that show. And two years later, I'm doing this one. Episode 67. For the movie that came out... Wow, it... 
It's kind of weird. It's got like a bunch of multiple release dates, but its first actual viewing was in 2018. So we'll say it's a 2018 film. Uh, the Velocipaster? Yeah, that... We've moved up. Such an upgrade from Gremlins, right? But, um... Yeah, you know, like, looking back, like... Just on this show in general, I've had some really cool episodes I've done. Some that I haven't been too proud of. You guys are well aware the Suspiria episode is one that... I may one day do my own remake of. Um, just because I, I really was not impressed with that episode. But, yeah, a lot has happened, you know? A lot has happened, um... And what's kind of, like, something that's been kind of on my mind. I don't normally go, like, all, like, deep and sentimental on this show and whatnot. I think I've done it a couple times. But uh, a week from today, like, I'm recording uh, Monday, February 10th. And a week from today would be Wally's 13th birthday. You guys know Wally, my my beagle who passed away. So it, it is, it's this show endured i mean you guys remember that episode i did a while back when you know i kind of did like you know i I commemorated his passing and like his commemorated his life you know what i mean and (laughs) and a few people were like why do you call your dog a little fucker but i mean and the thing was was like that's that was kind of the relationship that i had with wally we were goofy we were crazy and you know what i mean and it's just I mean, that's something that I talked about on this show. I've talked about multiple movies, some good, some bad. Um, You know, as I was like telling some of my friends, you know, oh my God, the show hit two years, two years old. And that's two years of me being an obnoxious shit, you know, obnoxious shit. Wow. I never realized how hard it is for my mouth to say the word obnoxious. (laughs) But yeah, um, my own mouth is obnoxious to me. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I, looking back on some of the movies though, like, and some of the requests that I've had, you know, uh, like my friend Jacob, uh, requested, but black mountainside and deep dark and deep dark, that was a fucking movie. Um, you know, I've done the wraith, which was, uh, you know, a request I've done. Um, Oh crap. Lake Mungo, you know, that was a, a Justin request and, um, just like uh, just thinking about like the different movies that I've done and how it's kind of branched out you know like originally when I went into this it was going to be you know straight on horror and I've done sci-fi I've done bad B movies I've done really good epic movies um, so it, it's kind of cool like how like what lurks behind podcast zero ultimately was supposed to be a horror podcast and has kind of just become a podcast of bizarre movies and you know, movies that branch outside of, you know, your rom-coms and your dramas, like, and I have, like, I have, like, so much that I want to do this year, you know what I mean? Um, one, one thing I am kind of, uh, working towards right now is having guests on the show again, uh, going back to that, um, I want to do, like, roundtable panel kind of things and, like, not so much always review movies, you know, it, it, don't get me wrong, I love reviewing movies, God, I could talk movies forever, but, one of the things I'd like to do is maybe like hit a topic as opposed to just movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so that that's things that I'm, I'm already kind of talking with people and seeing like, you know, Hey, would you be interested in sitting around for, you know, an hour shooting the shit about whatever, you know, 
maybe decades of movies or favorite movie genres, uh, things that movies do right versus things they do wrong. We all know we're all sick and tired of remakes, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's it just, you know, I just wanted to kind of just hit the mark on, hey, it's been two years I've been doing this show and two years, uh, 66 episodes plus a bonus episode in there when we uh, talked about, uh, what was it, zombie ass? Yeah, we all remember that episode. Um, but yeah, two years. So happy two years to What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Uh, let's see, do I want to move on? Yeah, I'll move move towards this just quickly um, because last night was the Oscars. Whoop de fucking do. But a little bit of Oscar talk. So um, yeah, so Joker, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor. Great. You know. I'm, I, I, I've been nice enough about this movie for a while now, and now I'm just going to say how I feel about it. Really, my problem with the movie is it's a DC movie trying its hardest not to be a DC movie. And this is something that has bothered me about Warner Brothers and DC, DC Comics for some time now, is that why are we so afraid to put the comics on the screen? And they do it in TV, they do it in film. Why are we so afraid... To just take what's been in the books and put it on the screen. This past week, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I believe it was the same day that this show had its two-year anniversary, February 7th, that Harley Quinn emancipation film with the Birds of Prey came out, and I have no desire to see it. I mean, okay. Yes, when when I saw the last trailer, I was like, okay. It's got the comic book feel to it. If you're talking about the new 52 comics, which most people didn't really care for. But again, it's... You put the birds of prey on the screen and it's not the birds of prey. That's not the Black Canary. Um, And the Black Canary has been something that I've bitched about even on my old podcast. The show Arrow. Eight seasons of Arrow and never once did they get the Black Canary right. Uh, they didn't get it right on the Birds of Prey TV series or Smallville. <laughs> like, I mean, the only time I've seen a Black Canary actually have a proper representation was in the Justice League cartoons from the, you know, the Bruce Tim era. Um, and I mean, yes, I said I was talking about Oscars, and all of a sudden, whew, I'm talking DC animation here. But my whole thing is, is that I, I'm happy for Joaquin Phoenix. I think you know the movie is enjoyable. I'm not saying that I didn't like the Joker movie, but the Joker movie is not a DC movie. It is. It feels like a Scorsese film with the names of DC comic characters. Ooh, we have Bruce Wayne and, and Thomas Wayne and the Joker. Okay. But it didn't feel like a Joker movie. So, of course, yes, you know, it wins an Oscar. That's great. Yay. Everyone applaud. But, again, it's DC afraid to do what DC's been doing since 1938. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Congrats to him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great that that horror movie Parasite won. Oh, no, that was a different Parasite that won. They won Best Picture. Yay for them. That's great. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't I can't comment either way. It just makes me laugh because I always think of like the the old horror flick uh, with Demi Moore Parasite. That's that's the movie I was thinking of. But hey, um, 
The Lighthouse. Hey, The Lighthouse is a great fucking movie. I already recommended I recommended it on this show. Uh, would have been nice if it had won. It, got, it was nominated for one award. Best Cinematography. Should have won. Uh, instead, they gave it to 1917, I think. Which, again, I haven't seen it. So maybe maybe the award is warranted for them. I don't know. The, the whole ignoring horror films and the Oscars... You know, even like, or you know, ones that do get nominated or they do win. You know, let let's. They're not horror movies. They're thrillers. They're they're dark psyche films and stuff. Whatever. They're horror films. Like, I don't understand why the Oscars, the whole Academy, is so afraid to you know focus on horror films. Big fucking deal. Come on, it's a genre and it's a genre that's well loved. So where's the problem? Like. The amount of practical effects and creativity and hard work that goes into so many films, I, I'll i never get it. But, hey, it is what it is. And, oh, it, okay, no more Oscar talk, because really there's nothing to talk about. It was boring. Um, so boring that I didn't watch it. Uh, the only, apparently, the biggest highlight from what I've heard um, was Eminem's performance of Lose Yourself, a movie that came out 10 years ago. Okay. Um, but that's great. That's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Eminem. I love Eminem. Eminem's a great artist. And I'm sure seeing him perform was amazing. But again, it's the Oscars. I didn't care. I, shitty on them. I guess when they did their in memoriam section. Oh, let's forget Luke Perry and Sid Haig. You bastards. Um, but again, you guys know. I, I've made it very clear on this show for two years now. <laughs> the Oscars can suck my dick. Um... So moving on, enough Oscar talk. Just quickly, this this made me laugh, and I, I was glad to see that when I posted the article on the Facebook page, it seems like many people are in the same boat as me, so this is great because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is getting rebooted again. Yes, folks, again! Aren't you excited? Because Fidi Alvarez, the... the, the producer of the film has said this is the movie the fans have always wanted oh my god i'm like i i'm exploding with excitement right now no i'm not um and oh 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 he also included it will have all the violence blood and gore that fans have been begging for when most fans of the texas chainsaw massacre will tell you right now the first one is awesome why is the first one awesome? Because it didn't show you anything. It let your imagination run fucking wild. That's what made it stick the first time. I don't understand why when we do remakes, we feel that more gore makes it more better. No, it doesn't always work that way. Okay, maybe in the case of John Carpenter's The Thing? Yes, it worked. David Cronenberg's The Fly? It worked. You know... <laughs> But it doesn't work often. Like, you gotta have the right people in the right place at the right time. And in most cases, with these remakes, that is not the case. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I, like I said, I was glad to see other people seem to be in the same boat as me. Um, when I posted the article, I got a lot of people saying, like, why? <laughs> why are we doing this again? Like, Hollywood, you want to make fucking horror movies, be creative. 
Stop rebooting and remaking everything. The best remakes are the ones... And you'll notice that too. Like A lot of people will refer to 80s horror. Oh, 80s horror was great. 80s horror was amazing. There were remakes during the 80s. It it wasn't unheard of. I mean, like I said, you have The Thing. You have The Blob. You have The Fly. Not of This Earth. I mean, these were movies that they were remakes. You know, um... What, oh, what's the other one? Freak Maker was a movie. Oh no, sorry. Freak, Freak, Freak Maker was 1974. But still, okay. Here, here's my point. Freak Maker is technically a remake of Todd Browning's Freaks. Now, Freaks came out in early 1930s, if I remember correctly, and wasn't redone for almost 40 years. Now that's smart. The remakes we're doing are movies. Okay, I, yes, I get it. The 30s was, you know or the 30s, the 80s was 30 years ago. And I get that, but we've already attempted to remake these movies several times already, and it hasn't worked. Why are we doing it again, you know? But hey, you know what? That it, This has been, what, almost 15, 16 minutes of me ranting. Uh, it's time, you know, let's move on before I rant anymore. I seem like I'm really in a bitchy mood this morning, and I'm not, actually. I'm in a great mood. Um, but you know... Today, today's featured review is of a movie that fans didn't know they wanted. And then they got it. And I'm going to save the reception for the review, obviously, okay? Because it's time for the trailer timeout and whatnot. And when we, obviously, when we return, you know, shared podcast experience, we're going to go prehysterical. <laughs> prehysterical, baby. Uh, with a pastor who wants to do the Lord's bidding with a vicious bite. I shit you not. When I first heard of this movie, I I seriously thought sci-fi, cheesy, Sharknado kind of shit. But I couldn't see myself enjoying this. Well, after the timeout. Me home. The Velocipista. A troubled priest. How long has it been since your last confession? Oh, it's been about two years. I do drugs, sell drugs, uh, murder people. The Velocipista. A beautiful girl with a dark past. you turned into a dinosaur and ate someone. What? Dinosaurs. You guys talk all the time about helping people. This might actually be the first time in your life you can. By what? Killing people? Yes! Show me I mean anything to you. Show me you got better shit to do. Show me I'm the one disfigured like the mad caress that triggers. Show me I mean That's insane, Doug. God does not want people dead. Oh, I think God wants a lot of people dead. 
Alright, welcome back, kitties. It's almost time to talk about Velocipaster. Just have a quick thing I want to make note of, and then we're going to move on. Because I know the beginning of this episode, well, I went on a little bit of a tear, a bit of a rant. I mean, after I, like, you know, talked about something happy, but anyway, whatever. Here's the thing. I figure that this is the episode, you know, it's going to come out this week. This week is also the week of that Valentine's Day thing. And, you know, the internet gets me because I always, la- I always laugh at people. And I shouldn't laugh at people, but, I mean, people laugh at me, so, hey, you're getting it back. But, um, no, um... Valentine's Day is one of those things where it's like, I I don't understand people, especially when people will be like, oh, I'm so happy being single. And then Valentine's Day comes around and they're obsessed with the holiday. It's like, well, if you're so happy being single, why are you obsessed with Valentine's Day? Like, it's a a stupid Hallmark holiday, really. I mean, it's, it's not even worth talking about, but I see it a lot lately where it's like people will... And don't get me wrong, like, if people in love, if you want to celebrate Valentine's Day, that's your thing. Like, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking people for celebrating it or not celebrating it. My thing is, is the whole contradiction. If you're happy being single, or you don't care about Valentine's, why are you obsessing over it then? Do you know what I'm saying? It's it, it's one of those things, like, I, I, and I, I mean, we point this out week after week in this podcast, like, you know... There's movies I don't like and I'm talking about them, but I I do it for, you know, my audience. And maybe that's why people do it on their social medias is they they look at their friends as an audience. I don't know. I I guess I'm more or less talking about this and putting it out there, you know, because I guess I'm curious what other people think about this. Like, if we don't care about a certain holiday, why do we obsess over it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I've noticed that, and it's not that I'm, making fun of my friends and peers and people I see online and whatnot. But if you're so happy being single, Valentine's day shouldn't even be a blip on your radar. Then, like it should just be another day as it is for me. Like I kind of theme the whole Valentine's day thing. Cause that's usually the day I watch like my bloody Valentine, the original, not the remake. I have seen the remake. As a matter of fact, I own it. But I never watch the remake on Valentine's Day. It's just kind of a thing. Gotta do originals. And there's the movie Valentine with David Boreanaz. Which, I know, it, it's a bad 90s slasher. But it's, I don't know, it's fun in its own way. Um, I don't hate it. As a matter of fact, I kind of like the movie. <laughs> Obviously, I bought it. But <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That, that's my whole Valentine's Day rant. I mean, if you want to be in love, if you are in love and you want to celebrate the day, hey, go nuts. I'm not stopping you. It's just, it's more or less the people that are always like, oh, Valentine's Day means nothing to me. And then their social media feed for a week is all about Valentine's Day. It's like, well, I think it means something to you. <laughs> but hey, I, the whole social media thing is just, I could tear it apart day after day, but there's parts of it I love and whatever. Fuck all that noise because it's time to talk about this week's movie that was first seen in the Netherlands at the BUT Film Festival. BUT standing for B-Movie Underground and Trash Film Festival. And it was seen August 31st in 2018 the movie at hand by the way because i haven't forgotten to tell you the title you already know the title but i'm going to officially announce it as 
the Velocipaster. This movie, fuck. Like, I know, again, I said it at the, at the beginning of the episode. A movie I never knew I wanted. And now that I've had it, I, I be honest, I kind of want more. <laughs> but uh, moving on, uh, the North American release for the film actually was August 13th, 2019, a year later almost. Um, basically on major streaming platforms. Um, and there was a Blu-ray release as well, I believe, which I haven't gotten my hands on yet. I did the freeway, um, the, the freeway, not the freeway like that you drive on, but I watched this movie for free on Tubi, which thank you, Tubi. Um, I love that app. There are so many great movies on there. Last night I watched Night Beast on there. Um, Night Beast is, I, I should just drop it now. That's next week's episode, by the way, or next episode in case it takes me two weeks to do it. But um, I watched it last night. I was like, about that movie like seriously and weird enough i know i should leave all this for the next episode but i'd seen night beast before never realized it it's kind of cool watching it last night but anyways yes um so velocipaster can be found on tubi for free so please watch it uh you can also see it on amazon i believe amazon prime or prime video whatever they call it they have the movie as well uh the movie was written produced and directed by brendan steer uh, Brendan Steer, a lot of short film stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, Velocipaster came from a short film trailer he kind of made. Um, that's what got this whole thing going. Well, there's more on that uh, in, in a bit. But um, he also did uh, short films like Animosity, uh, Monster, or The Re-Dead, and Dead by Dawn. He just recently announced that he has a new project called They Hunger coming out so that's kind of cool uh he also did the film editing for this movie um this was really cool um i read somewhere i think i even wrote it in the, the notes somewhere um he wanted to give the movie an older look so i guess what he did was he was hooked like the the film itself and he put it in an oven at 200 degrees for like 10 minutes or something and it i thought you know i'm reading this i'm like well, wouldn't that melt it but i guess it doesn't it just gives the movie an older look so it's kind of cool because it's filmed very recently, but still had like kind of a, uh, a, I wouldn't say a grindhouse look, but it had an older look to it. And they, that was what he basically did. And that, that's pretty smart. I would not have known to do that. I'm like, I'm taking notes. Um, other producers uh, that were involved with this. I mean, Brendan did a lot of the production, but other producers were also Jesse Goldsbury, Brandon Taylor, and Adam and Chase Witten. The cinematography was also done by Jesse Goldsbury, and he did um, a short called Corpse in the Hair, and he was also part of, I believe it was a short called Paranormal Pals, or it was like an episode or something like that. He did that as well. Uh, the music? The music was done by Ali Helnwine and D.A. McCormick, but D.A. McCormick goes by Daniel McCormick in the credits for this. Um... Basically, uh, Daniel McCormick, he did most of the music for this, and he's also done a lot of short films uh, and indie films, uh, films like Big Time, Chi Town, and Getting Ready for a Lunch Date. 
I mentioned getting, re getting ready for a lunch date on the same episode. I just ranted about Valentine's Day. Hmm, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I like to connect the dots. La 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 la. Um, makeup and special effects by Jennifer Suarez. And Jennifer's actually done some bigger name movies. Um, she did do the Don't Go in the Woods remake from 2010. Um, I have the original. I don't have the remake. Uh, she also was part of The First Purge and the new Adam Sandler movie, uh, Uncut Gems. Which I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard a lot about it. So, I don't know. I, I'm hearing good things, but I don't know. I, Adam Sandler is one of those things. I, one of those actors I just... His first few movies were awesome. I really enjoyed like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Even Big Daddy was good. I found after a while, though, he felt like a one-trick pony. It seemed like he was doing the same thing over and over. Uh, by the time he got to movies like Waterboy and Little Nicky, I'm like, we've seen all this. Like, <laughs> So, I don't know. I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet. Can't really comment on it. Um, now, we're moving on to our starring cast of the movie. And starring cast, to be honest, most of these actors are unknowns. I'm pretty sure almost all of them would be considered unknowns. But I feel they should still get their credit because they are a part of this movie and they are a big part of why this movie is enjoyable. So, uh, as our lead female, uh, Carol, uh, she is played by, um, I want to say it's Alyssa. I know some people pronounce it Alicia and some people pronounce it Alyssa. She has it spelt Alyssa, so. Um, Alyssa Kempinski plays Carol. She was also in uh, projects like I Clean Up Your Grave, Animosity, and she will be in Brendan's new movie uh, coming out, uh, They Hunger, that they're working on right now. Our, uh, our pastor, our hero of the film, who actually should be the lead role to go with, but I went with Alyssa first. Hey, it is what it is. Um, Gregory James Cohen, who actually, I guess nowadays he goes by Greg Cohen, but um, he plays Doug Jones. Doug Jones is our pastor in this. Uh, he was, uh, he's actually been in some TV. He's done some TV work in TV series or TV shows uh, like The Blacklist, uh, Blue Bloods, and NCIS Los Angeles. Moving on to the character of Altair. Altair is our exorcist. You know, he's our, our witch doctor of the movie. Uh, he was played by Aurelio Voltaire. And Aurelio um, actually was in a horror film uh, prior to this. He, uh, he was in uh, ABCs of Death Part 2. Um, he was also in a movie called Re-Agitator, Revenge of the Parody which is a um, horror comedy, I guess you could say. Um, well, obviously, Revenge of the Parody, right? It's a parody, obviously. Um, but yeah, he was in ABCs of Death Part 2. I think I've only seen the first one, to be honest. I don't recall the second one. So again, you guys know, I, and I said it last week, I'm kind of the, I, I like the original films, don't do sequels very often. Um Moving on to our Chinese villager. This is the woman who puts everything in place with Doug's character. Uh, she was played by Claire Sue. And she was also in a movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, hey, there we go. Uh, you Were Never Really Here. She was also um, in a movie called Toxic Tutu, which is, uh, I guess it's like sort of the story and the life of 
um, the Toxic Avenger before he became the Toxic Avenger, like when he's like the geek. Um, anyway, she played a trauma geisha girl in this. I haven't seen this. I just found out about this. I was, I was like, oh shit, I need to look into this because I didn't even know this existed, which bad on me. I know I get it. But one thing I'm going to say before I move further on with the cast about this podcast, one thing that I didn't say at the beginning that I should have, as much as I do this podcast and I do know a lot about horror movies, I don't know everything. And I like doing this podcast because I learn as I'm doing it. So that's one thing I just wanted to point out. Like, I'm not a know-it-all, and I don't, I will never claim to be a know-it-all. I don't know everything. Half of the shit I talk on this show is me guessing. Like, <laughs> you know, but I, I like learning, and that's what this podcast has also allowed me to do. So, um, like I said, I just learned about Toxic Tutu, and I'm like, I need to find this. Um, moving on to Father Stewart. Father Stewart's a great character in this uh in this movie and he was played by Daniel Steer um which I, I noticed there's a few steers in this film um and of course our director is Brandon Steer so I do have a feeling this is like his family helped him with this which that is totally awesome uh Daniel Steer I'm assuming is his father which is really cool um he was also in the short film Monster or the Redead the Redead it's weird trying to say re-dead. Um, I don't know why. I have a hard time with it. I'm used to saying undead. I think that's why. Like, you know. But, um... And then Frankie Mermaid, our pimp. <laughs> He's the pimp in this. He was played by Fernando... Fernando? Not Fernando. Fernando Pacheco de Castro. Um, and also in Monster or the Redead. Jesse Turrets as Sam... The ninja. So they they credit him as Sam the White Ninja, which I don't know. Why do we gotta make it about color? So what? But whatever. Um, I guess it's because they had to. They have to distinct his character for a reason. Um, but uh, this is the only full length movie he's been in. He's been in a lot of short films, but he this was his first like full length movie where he had a character that was extremely meaningful to the story. Um. We have a hobo who's played by Nicholas M. Garofalo. Again, mainly short films. Uh, David Sokol played Ali. And this was his only acting credit. End of story. Uh, Zachary Steer is our dinosaur suit performer. He is... He's Doug Jones as the Velociraptor. If you can call it that. I, I love how they credited him as dinosaur suit performer. Because it, it definitely is not a velociraptor. Um, <laughs> but he was also in Animosity. He was in a, a short film known as Midnight Massacre. And Monster or the Redead. A lot of these people obviously helped Brendan when he did Monster or the Redead. So this is pretty cool. Um, finally, Douglas St. James as our surgeon. Um if you've seen this movie, you know who the surgeon is. He's the one who comes out into the waiting room and lights a cigarette. It's kind of funny um, because, yes, you, one, you don't see doctors that smoke that often. Not saying that they don't, but you don't see it often. And two, they wouldn't smoke in their own waiting room. But 2019, I guess this is supposed to take place in like, you know, the 80s and the 70s where everyone smoked everywhere. Um, Douglas St. James, though, he uh, he worked a lot with 
Brandon Taylor, who's the produ- one of the producers for this film. Uh, and Brandon did a lot of directing. And so David Douglas St. James, his name comes up in almost every project that Brandon was in. So I assume that it was Brandon who kind of brought Douglas in for this, this movie. So that's pretty cool. The runtime for the film is 75 minutes. It's, it's very short. Um, doesn't take a big portion of your day, which is awesome. The rating for the film is rated R for, <laughs> for gory violence, language, drug content, and some sexual material. Um, okay. <laughs> the gory violence makes me laugh um, because like, even like the blood looks like it's like fruit punch. Like it looks like juice. It doesn't even look like there's. It, it's not even thick. Um, it's kind of funny. And the sexual material, um, I guess, even though they leave their clothes on, um, okay. Uh, the budget for the film was thirty five thousand dollars. So the synopsis for the film, ah, I'm not gonna go all out and put high production to this because you know what, this movie doesn't have high production. Why should my trailer review or trailer reading, you know, or synopsis reading. Anyways, in this cult film sensation. Oh, by the way, I got this from Tubi TV. This is their write-up for the film. In this cult film sensation, a newly orphaned priest travels to China in search of spirituality and instead gains the power to turn into a dinosaur. Yes, that that is all you need to know. He is a vigilante dinosaur whose parents were killed. Uh, why do we always got to kill their parents? But anyways, so the idea of this movie, uh, when, when Brendan came up with the idea for this, I came in, uh, he got the idea back in 2010. So 10 years ago, he got the idea for this. And it was because he was, att- he was attending the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, uh, Manhattan, Manhattan. God, I talking horrible today. Uh, and anyways, the reason why the title Velosa Pastor came up was because for some reason his phone auto-corrected Velociraptor to Velosa Pastor, which is kind of weird because you would think it would know to auto-correct to Velociraptor. Um, but yeah, his phone auto-corrected and it gave him that really weird idea it's kind of like the other day when uh, one of the episodes there when i was like margaritas because my mouth just never works the way it's supposed to but i mean it's weird how like you'll say something and then it's like hmm, there's an idea so hence the velocipastor was born um he had a he had a youtube he had a youtube account he had videos on there uh and you know they were hovering around like 45 views each, whatever, 30 views on this video, this and that. Nothing seemed to take off. But then he he did a, a class project where he made a short film of grindhouse trailers, and Velocipastor was one of them. Well, that class project got 45,000 views on YouTube. So then he's like, hmm, this might actually be a damn good idea. You know? And so he set out to make the movie from 2011 to 2016 there was uh two attempts to crowdfund it uh unfortunately both attempts were unsuccessful um but it uh so how did it work it was uh 
One of his friends, their mother, knew someone who would be interested in funding the project. Uh, I'm assuming that friend or the person who funded it was Brandon Taylor because that name he, – he was very successful in short films prior to joining this. So I, I'm thinking that's who it was. There was nothing to confirm that. I, that's me just thinking. Um, but then they got the budget – they got their budget money for 35000 and – away they went with this and like Brandon Brandon Steer has said like you know this movie was made to be fun uh and you know if, if it, what was his quote anybody looking for deeper meaning in the man turns into a dinosaur genre is probably on a fool's errand he's not wrong like if you're watching this and you're looking for something deep or meaningful you're wasting your time like seriously um I like that he also quoted that his influence, like his director that influenced him to go into film, Guillermo del Toro. Interesting. Mr. Pacific Rim, eh? Like, obviously, I'm thinking that's kind of where the influence must have come from. Um, Anyways, uh, they showed the film at different film festivals uh, beginning in 2018, whatnot. And Wild Eye Releasing was the one who picked it up for distribution and the rest is history. It's now on Tubi. It's on Amazon. I believe Google has it. Uh, Apple Movies has it. I mean, it, you can find it pretty much anywhere. I know it. Even the torrents. It can be torrented if you want to. Um, but it's time for my notes. Uh, notes that I picked up from the movie and whatnot. Uh, within the first fifteen minutes, I kind of did a chronological order of shit that happened because this is the kind of 15 minutes you start off with this movie uh and mo- the movie opens up with like a re- it's like a black screen and it's got white writing on it, it says rated x by an all christian jury yeah baby <laughs> i think it's funny too because i seen a comment on youtube where some guy wrote i'm an atheist and i want this to succeed and i mean he wrote that a couple years ago and i was like I agree. Like, this is that kind of movie, right? And then, so we are introduced to Doug. Doug's doing some, like, you know, he's 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 doing a sermon in a church, and the sermon's over. He goes outside, and his parents are across the street by their car, and they're like, "Hi, Doug. We've come to pick you up." And and all of a sudden, they they, they close in back on Doug, and you hear an explosion go off. And then they show the car, except they don't show the car. They show, it says VFX, car on fire. And the first time I watched this, I, I'm I'm like, what the fuck? To be fucked up, man. They don't have the full, the, like, I, I'm thinking in my mind, like, I'm thinking to be uploaded the wrong version. They uploaded, like, a draft copy or... This movie's not completed. This wasn't the right version. So, I, you know, and I'm like, Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I start cluing in. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, and they pan back to Doug and then they show the car again and it says it again. VFX, car on fire. But you don't see a car. You don't see bodies. You don't see nothing. It just, that's what it says. And here's this empty street. And I'm like, oh, it's right then and there you start to realize what kind of movie you're in for. Like, it's that kind of fucking movie. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then, like, literally, like, maybe a minute or two later, 
we see Father Stewart is comforting Doug. You know, he's talking to Doug about, you know, his faith in God and all this other stuff. And Doug's like, I can't believe my parents are gone. And Father Stewart says to him, your parents died. It's what they do. They die on you. Okay, so that's the fucking movie we're watching here. And from that point on, like, you, you just go with it. Like, not that when I started it, I, like I said, like, if you're looking for something meaningful, you're wasting your time. That was never what I was doing when I watched this. But it was just, I didn't realize they were going to parody, parody it that much to the point where it is, like, so self-aware of itself. It knows this is a fucking stupid idea a stupid concept and we're going to make you have fun with it. And that's exactly what it does. I mean, cause after that, and keep in mind, like I said, this is all within the first 15 minutes of the movie. Doug's parents die. He gets his little, you know, uh, pep talk from father Stewart. And then he's off to China. And I, again, like, you know, a lot of people make fun of like the Avenger movies and all that, how like whenever they write what city they were in, it's like the full fucking screen, like in writing, like, you know, like, um, Budapest and you know USA and all and this one it's China and <laughs> this is where you know supposedly because father father Stewart says to Doug he says you know you need to go where God will not go because apparently God's not going to China all right so we we've established that God hates China sorry um oh no I won't go there <laughs> I had a joke I'm gonna shut up um but yeah, so, you know, Doug goes there and he sees like this woman, she's running in the woods and all of a sudden she gets shot with an arrow. She rolls to the ground in front of Doug. And his first thing he says is, are you hurt? The arrow protruding out of her chest wouldn't tip you off, would it? Like, again, this is that kind of movie. Are you hurt? No, she's just got a fucking arrow sticking out of her tits. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> And she, you know, she tells him something about a dragon warrior and hands him, like, something that looks like a giant claw out of, like, an animal's paw. And he cuts his hand on it. And that's where our story begins. You know, the whole story of Doug turning into, you know, a prehistoric vigilante. Um, and that's still, that. It, there's more to come. Like, we meet Frankie Mermaid. You need to, You need to meet Frankie Mermaid in order for the story to... You know, further on, Frankie Mermaid's a pimp. He's Carol's pimp, you know, and he's swimming in bitches. Like, seriously, that's one of the lines. He's like, you know, he's like smacking Carol around. He's like, what? It, who am I and what do I do? And she's like, you're swimming in bitches. And it's like, really? That's where we're going with this? Um, you know, but you need to meet Frankie, you need to meet Carol for the story to further on because then Carol, you know, finally... She takes off and it's like, you know, nighttime. She's about to be hounded by a robber. And that's when our dino hero comes to the rescue, you know, um, which is interesting because every time Doug has those moments where he turns into a velociraptor, he thinks it's a dream. It, it, it's almost kind of like the whole like Incredible Hulk kind of thing, you know, like, you know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk were sort of two entities in one, the Jekyll and Hyde kind of story. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of what this is. And it's a timeless story. You know what I mean? So it, it works well with this. The, and again, that's your first 15 minutes. I don't, I, I don't want to go on too much about talking the rest of the movie. I'm definitely not going to 
tell you the ending. I'm not going to tell you the twists and turns that come with this movie because once once you get past that first initial 15 minutes, you're hooked. And there's some interesting okay. The movie's not a movie with meaning, but at the same time there are ideas and um theories and ways of looking at things that come up in this movie that make the story interesting. It keeps the intrigue of the story. Like, for example, like you have this idea of this priest. This priest that turns into a prehistoric lizard or a prehistoric, you know, a, a velociraptor. He turns into that and he's killing people. But he's killing rapists. He's killing murderers. He's killing pedophiles drug pushers the people that they're beyond help they they don't or they don't want to be helped like when when you meet frankie mermaid's character he's happy with his life he likes killing he likes doing uh like pushing drugs and pimping out women he's not going to change he likes what he's doing even if you throw him in the slammer he's going to come out and go right back to it again so is vigilante justice the way like is that the way to go it's kind of an interesting concept thrown out there. Like, hmm, all right, maybe we're on to something here. We also see at times in this movie, you know, it, it gets pointed out the church inflicting its control over those who are different. And we're seeing this here. We are in 20 fucking 20 and the church still has problems with certain people in this world for being different. Whether it's, you know, the LGBTQ, I apologize if I'm not getting this completely correct, but that whole community. They still are, they still have a fucking issue with those kinds of people. They have issues with people who are atheists, people who are agnostic. The church still thinks they have this right to tell people how to be and how to live, how to think, how to, you know, it, it, it's it's a, a ruling entity or at least they're trying to and you see that in this movie and i like that they didn't shy away from that um but then there's the other side of this movie there's i mean sure you have the idea of vigilante justice and is it good or is it bad and you have the idea of you know the church controlling those who are different but then you have the other side of this movie ninjas subtitles (laughs) Uh, English and Japanese dialogue intermingling with each other in which like our big like, you know, overlord or overseer of this whole project that Doug gets himself involved with and is trying to take apart is some Japanese ninja who it keeps talking in his native tongue while everyone around him is talking English. And here's the thing. It, It kind of reminded me of Ghost in the Shell, the live action version where, you know, you had Beat Takeshi is talking in his native tongue and Scarlett Johansson's character is talking to him in, you know, plain out English to the point where like, and you had to wonder like, why didn't like, and Beat Takeshi can talk English. Why didn't he? You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) It's like, it's one of those things where it was like, this movie does that, but it does it because this is a joke. It's a parody. It's, it's fun. Ghost in the Shell was meant to be, you know, an epic blockbuster that it was like, why are you doing this? 
Um, hello, doesn't make sense. Um, there is, there's one epic laughing scene. That's all I will say. There's a laughing scene. There's actually two, but the first one happens is fucking hilarious. Then Father Stewart is another interesting character. That's that's the thing with this movie. This movie does supporting actors and supporting characters so well. The Father Stewart flashback. You're gonna get a flashback. It's about I'd say five to seven minutes long. Fuck, is it hilarious? In the darkest way possible, but it's fucking hilarious. Like I'm doing my notes this morning while watching the movie, and I'm like, Father Stewart's flashbacks equals LMAO. Like. It is so great. Like the the dialogue delivery is perfect. The the acting is perfect in a very over the top way. Um it's just it, it's fun. Some movies when they when they do the flashback thing, it gets annoying. No, this this they do it very well and they it, they place it in the right spot too. I think that was, it's all about placement. It's all about timing and everything is timed perfectly in this movie as well. Um, there is a love story. There's a romance that, you know, spawns in this movie that it, 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 it grows. And the funny thing is, is that it's a love story between Doug and Carol. And, and you see it, it obviously it's going to happen like right from the beginning, because you have Carol, who's a prostitute and you have, Doug, who's a priest, and it's like, yeah, with this movie, the way it's going, them two are hooking up. You see it. Uh, but it's, you know, it's so, it's less painful and more convincing than most romances you see in movies today or in TV shows. You know, you'll see these romances that are trying to blossom in these movies, and it's like, God, it, it just doesn't work. Um and yet between Doug and Carol, it's like a it's like a beautiful union that you see growing. And the actors, that's the thing. Like both like um like both uh, both actors, like Alyssa and um oh shit. Why am I forgetting names today? Alyssa and Greg, thank you. I have to look at my fucking notes for this shit. But they do a really good job of selling it. Like in a movie that shouldn't sell it it should be cheesy but because that part of the movie needs to actually have some form of footing it has to have some form of grip to it they do a very good job with it i will say i'm not going to spoil the ending but the epic battle at the ending of this film is a riot there is over-the-top phony ninja skills ninja yeah and a rubber suit velociraptor and that's all I'm going to say about it, you will die laughing with this film. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, like, I, there's I, receptions of the film. Uh, no, no Ebert, no Siskel, you know, no, none of them. No. Uh, but Alex McLevy, he's a writer for the AV Club. And his quote, basically, I I liked it. I, I had to agree with him. You know, this movie is going to endure. It will. I can see this movie being something that we talk about, you know, five, ten years from now. Uh, like he said, it's got a killer hook. It's fun to watch. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. Exactly. 75 minutes. Before you even realize that it, it's done. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, I had a lot of fun. It, 
it was 75 minutes, a good story. It, it, the, as, like I said, timing and pacing is great in this. Um, and he followed it up with, you know, it has cult classic written all over it. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, Michael Walsh of Nerdist, uh, he basically said, uh, is the movie good enough to be considered a truly great comedy? No, probably not. But there, it, it, it's still way better than most people would expect. That's the other thing. When I went into this movie, I'm like, okay, uh, Velocipaster. Like, I, seriously, like, I, I'm a fan of the Sharknado films. I do enjoy them. I think they're fun. But a lot of the sci-fi movies, movies that came from sci-fi, are shit. They're not. And some of them, they're shit and not enjoyable. Most of sci-fi's films are enjoyable, but not all of them. And this one, I kind of thought originally was going to be like that. I mean, the trailer looked great, but I've had... How many movies have we seen with amazing trailers and the movie is shit? This was... I, I was like, God damn. Like, at w- at one review I read on uh, the inter- like IMDb, a guy, a guy basically said, like, the ninja fight scene is what Mortal Kombat would look like if it got hijacked by a kindergarten drama class. Uh, I don't know about the kindergarten drama class like kindergarten class for sure um but yeah it's it's over the top it's stupid like carol fighting oh my god carol's fights her her fight moves are fucking awesome she's hilarious to watch uh i need to push this along imdb has the movie currently at 5.5 out of 10 yes it is believe it or not 10 is the most common rating for this film. Uh, the next two common ratings were six and one. Uh, I, I read a review. There was there was a guy that he, he reviewed it. He gave it two stars. He's like, worst movie ever. You need to see this. Uh, and that's that's the thing. Like the common perception of this film is it's bad, but you need to see it. You will enjoy the fuck out of it. Don't worry about it being bad. It's not bad in a bad way. It's bad in a great way. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 64% fresh rating right now. And based on, I think, what was it? 10 critic reviews, 10 critic reviews and 64% of their, those reviews are seeing this as a good movie. Um, 80% of Google users approve of this film. The podcast zero rating. All right. So. I got a bit of a note here that I wrote down. Really put some thought into this. Hard thought. Because this movie knows what it is. There's no question of that. Absolutely none. Uh, With a title like The Velocipaster, if you go into this hoping to find any form of amazing life-changing meaning or scope, you know, like Joker... Oh, my life is changed by Joker. But anyways, if you're looking for something like that, you might as well just hand in your movie viewing card now and go jump in a vat of steaming nitric acid. Like, seriously, just stop. (laughs) Stop. S-T-A-H-P. Stop. No, but um, seriously, this movie is pure cheese and pure fun. The actors are having a blast. In some cases, selling their roles very well. Like I said, you have Alyssa and you have Greg. Both of them are so amazing. The guy playing Father Stewart, 
Uh, uh, do I want to go back and... Wow, I'm horrible with names today. We're going to go back. Hold on. I'm going to get his name. Daniel Steer, which I assume is Brendan's father. His portrayal of Father Stewart is awesome. I really enjoy when he's on the screen. Like, it's so great. Oh, it's, it's awesome. The music, okay, so you notice I didn't talk much about the music. Uh, the music is minimal, uh, it, but it does what it needs to do. There's a lot of there's a lot of times in this movie where there's actually no music. It's just characters acting and dialogue. There's no music. Um, there are a few tracks that are used uh, by different bands, um, but they're indie tracks. Like it, it, it's it's music that probably was very familiar in the area where this was being filmed. Um, but I mean, they're not like famous famous artists or anything like that whatever i mean it, it, the music works like it fits you know it, it fits perfectly the action the action is poorly choreographed with intent yes they intended to make the choreograph like the the, the choreography i should say the fight scenes are meant to look the way they do and that adds charm to this movie again it's one of those things where it's so bad it's fun um, I mean, if you're going to, cr- okay, it, it, if you're going to look at this movie from a critic point of view, you're going to move you seriously criticize it. Yes. Uh, aside from approaching this in a moronic way, because that's basically what you'd be doing. You'd be generous to grant this movie a two or three. Yeah. It, it, it's like I said, there's that one reviewer who said two stars out of 10. <laughs> this movie is so bad. You need to see this movie. Yes. If you approach it as a critic, a two, maybe a three, if you're in a good mood that day. But that's not how I'm approaching this movie this week. Because one thing also with this podcast is I don't want to always seem like I'm being Mr. Absolute Hammer down on the ground fucking critic. I like to enjoy my movies too. And if there's something I enjoy in it, I don't care if it's done right or wrong. I enjoy it. That's what matters. And I know what I watched. I know how I felt. I know this movie made me laugh and it made me enjoy myself. I know in the matrix that when I eat this steak, I'm not actually tasting the steak, but no, um, <laughs> it allowed me this movie. Okay. There are times when I cringe, but I'm cringing happily because it's like, Oh, that was so bad. I love it. And it allowed it's the thing that this movie does. It allows you to escape and forget all of the bullshit in real life. For 75 fucking minutes, you're not thinking about anything else except how ludicrous this movie is. That is what makes it awesome. The podcast rating for this movie is a huge dino 8 out of 10. But, as we do at Hogwarts, we grant extra points to Harry... Because Harry is a good boy. So I'm giving two big bonus points. Because I was allowed to watch this movie for free on Tubi. And I know you're going to say, well, that sounds stupid. Why would... So what? You could watch it for free. You you were able to watch Night Beast for free. And you're going to be reviewing that in the next episode. That's right. But today, in today's society... We have to pay sometimes up to 17 fucking dollars to go see a movie that disappoints the shit out of us when we walk out of that theater. 
How many fucking times have you gone into a theater, you've paid top dollar, you saw a trailer that blew your fucking mind. You're like, holy shit, this movie's going to kick ass. And then you walked out and went, that was The Last Jedi, fuck you. No, I, I pick on that movie, but actually I liked it. I was in the minority on that one. But, um, <laughs> but no, me with Alien Covenant. I, I paid 15 bucks to see that fucking movie. And I was so excited that I was seeing an alien fucking movie with an actual xenomorph. I even bought popcorn that for that movie. So I spent like well over 20 bucks. And I walked out of that movie going, what the fuck did you just do? That was horrendous. And I'm sitting here for like two weeks trying to justify the movie in my head. Saying, well, you know, it wasn't that bad and this and that. No, it was fucking horrible. I hated that fucking movie. This. I was able to see this movie for free. Because all Brendan and his fellow producers and directors and actors and musicians and everybody who went into this movie, everybody who put their time and effort into this movie just wants you to enjoy it. So we're going to put it for free on Tubi. We're going to put it on Amazon Prime where if you have a membership, it's based, technically it's free to watch. You know, We're not going to charge you much. We, we're not in it for the money. We want you to enjoy this film. And that's exactly what they did. That's why I gave it two big bonus fucking points. Because this movie allowed me to see it for free in the comfort of my own home. And I walked away from it going, God damn, that was fucking hilarious. Thank you. So that brings the grand total to 10 out of 10. Yes, it's an 8. If you want me to be fucking technical here. But I'm going all Hogwarts on this shit. And, you know, because Harry Potter, he's a good boy. Harry, you're a wizard and you're a good boy. So we're going to give you 50 extra fucking points just for being Harry Potter. Well, no, I I had my reasons. I give this movie an extra two points to give it a fucking 10 out of 10 because that's what it deserves. Because thank you for giving me something that was fun and enjoyable. And I'm not saying that other movies aren't doing that today. I mean, there's a lot of great enjoyable movies out there. But it's movies like Joker, a movie that's a DC movie afraid to be DC that's winning the you know the oscars granted i'm not taking away joaquin phoenix was amazing in that fucking movie god i love but that's the thing i love everything joaquin phoenix does i have loved everything that man has been doing since like fucking gladiator like shit he's dude's amazing i'm not taking that away from him but it just yeah this this movie eight out of ten without the bonus points but it's a ten it's it's fucking worth it and i highly recommend you watch it and on that note, yeah, let, let's get this episode over and done because thank you for listening. I always have to thank you guys every week. If you get this far in the episodes, it, it means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Um, you know, we're, I, I, I just, I want to highlight, I know sometimes I, I, I come off as bitchy and ranty and obnoxious and I said it right this time, uh, but um yeah, you know, this this is this podcast. You know, like I said, it's been two years doing it. It's been two years of a lot of fun. It's uh, it's two years that it's given me something to look forward to, and it's kind of interesting when I say that because there's been certain weeks where it's been like, fuck, I don't really want to do the podcast. And I know, like, especially like for some reason, both both years I've been doing this. November seems to be the month that I just I disappear. Um, 
I think it's because also though, like the month of October, I make like the whole month like goddamn celebration for Halloween. I think I actually suffer almost from exhaustion when it comes to November, because it's like all of a sudden November rolls around and there's no episodes till December, and it's like, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> this year we'll try. I'll try my hardest, but um, but yeah, like you know when I, when I think about like just how much how much this show has helped me endure at times when i didn't really have the motivation to you know especially after like like i I mentioned about you know when wally passed away which this coming march is going to be the one year anniversary it's going to be a little tough on me i was gonna say a little rough but that would have sounded stupid and that whole pun of rough rough you know what i mean but whatever um i don't know it's just it's it's this podcast helps me you know and so I know I come off as obnoxious. Sometimes I do it like a little over the top because I'm trying to bring a character to this show as well. Those of you who actually have sat down and talked with me, you know me and stuff like that, you know the real side of me. You, you understand that I'm not as much an asshole as I come off as on this show. But, you know, this show is about movies and I'm an I'm a amateur critic who really my opinion means nothing. But I like doing this show. So I, thank you for the past two years. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, like I said, like I, I have to make a point of saying that. Moving on to where to find the podcast. Like, I've, like you know, and like I say, like sometimes you guys, just this past week, you know, I noticed a few people uh, writing comments on the Facebook page and whatnot saying, hey, you. Uh, so-and-so you should check out this show i think you really enjoy it thank you when you guys do that that means a lot to me um any new listener i can get to listen to me babble for an hour an hour and a half each week is fucking awesome so thank you for that and i appreciate that you direct them to where they can find the show at apple Podcasts, google spotify Castbox, fm player or at the home the next level network the next level network.com slash podcast zero or at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com. Um, you want to email me? You want to talk to me? You want to maybe, hey, if any of you have VHS tapes you don't want and you want to just, you know, send them my way, I will take them. Seriously. Uh, I shouldn't ask things of you guys, but I realize I better put that out there. I, I, a lot of people have been really cool. I've had some really helpful friends over the past year really helped build my vhs collection up and that is kind of the collection i really want to build up so hey if you want to i will take them off your hands i have no problem but hey i'm being an asshole when i ask that so anyway you want to email me email me at what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com you want to find it on the social media trust me i try to keep my social media pages and whatnot toxic free I am not a big fan of people that like to like yeah, a couple. What was it? A week ago, I had some dude on there trying to tell me that I was a bully. I'm like, I'm a bully. I'm not trying to be. Um, how am I a bully? And the thing was, he wrote it randomly on just some video. Like it was like one of the videos I posted like a year ago. I'm like, how am I a bully? Like I I don't know. I don't get it. But whatever. Um, I do try to keep my profiles like toxic free so please understand like i like to have discussion i i have opinions about movies i'm not gonna say i don't but i try not to be like a complete harsh asshole so i don't know 
on social media, uh, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero, uh, Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero, Twitter at WLB podcast underscore zero. And there is the red bubble store, which like I usually tell people, you know what? It, the best way to find it, just go on the Facebook page and go where it says shop. Now click that. You'll find it. No problem. Uh, obviously next week, you know, Next week is a trauma film. I will, we're going back to 1982 for this one. Uh, it's a film by the director of Don Doler, a movie about an alien from outer space that lands on Earth and likes to bring the pain. Night Beast. Yes, Night Beast is next week's episode. Uh, Lurker's recommendation for the week. This was interesting. So on Shudder, this movie Bliss drops. And I'm like, hmm, okay. I don't normally like I don't like to read reviews before I watch a movie for some reason I was scrolling because uh, I, I was checking out Shutter on my browser and I saw the movie come up and I was reading about what it was about and I scroll down and I see someone had said it was a vampire movie and I'm like what I thought this was like a drug movie like fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of thing right so I'm like alright vampire movie well most vampire movies don't disappoint me. Like, I even love the Underworld series. I know a lot of people are like, ah, Underworld ruined vampires, isn't it? Eh, okay, whatever. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't mind the Underworld films. Twilight? Uh, okay. We'll stop there. But Ashley Green is a hot vampire. I will say that. I forget what her name is. I forget what her character's name is, but she's hot as a vampire. I will say that. I'll give Twilight that much. Ashley Green, she was smoking. Um, <laughs> that's about it. That's the only goddamn redeeming factor about those movies. But um, anyways, getting back to Bliss. So I see that, you know, someone said, well, this was a great twist on a vampire movie. And I'm like, all right. And it's uh, by Joe Bigos. Uh, I think that's his name. God, yeah. I really wish I was better with names. I, I, my mother, I, not to pick on her, I love my mom, but my mom's horrible with names too. It must be a thing that it runs in the family. We're horrible with names. But I believe his name is Joe Bagos. Uh, he's the director. He's done Mind's Eye. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other two movies is. He's, he's done like four really good ones. Anyways, he did this one. He did Bliss. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. Wow. It was awesome. Uh, best way to put it? In my opinion, how I kind of described it is it's like near dark meets the driller killer. It is fucking great. Uh, I highly recommend it. it. You will not be disappointed. It is. It's bizarre. It's got some fucking weird shit going on in it, but it's it's a lot of fun. So that's Lurker's recommendation. Um, that's about it. We're going to close out with the track that was actually used in the Velocipaster is the closing credits track. It was uh, by the band The Holy Mess. Uh, the song is called Speakeasy. That's what we're going to close out with this week. Uh, again, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I appreciate everyone always coming and listening to the show each week. I appreciate you know uh, compliments I've had. Uh, I know. Uh, on my personal account, I, I wrote that you know it had been two years. I had been an obnoxious and see, I can't say the fucking word, obnoxious shit online. You know, talking movies and whatnot, and I had like an outpouring of great support from people and whatnot. 
that meant a lot to me so thanks for that i know this episode's running a little bit longer than i would have liked but if you're still with it great that's awesome we're going to close out now with the holy mess this show's over i'm done goodbye enjoy your week and next episode night beast <laughs>